You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to the Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey, here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. As always, I'm Jamie Arrington. He's Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, my man. It has been, uh, it's been a minute since you and I have done one of these things, and you, uh, you jumped into that open, um, like you, like you had missed a beat. Uh, you know, like w- whenever I do these things with Shane or whoever, I, I swear I do that open like four times before I get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just kind of ingrained. I, I've got a different computer now, and I had I was making notes, and I don't even have this on the notes anymore because it's just gotten to be uh, such a such a the intro's just gotten to be such a big part of the show. So, um, but it has been a long. T- I was trying to think of the last time we did a show together, and I can't just because everything went south. Uh, really quickly. So, yeah, it's good to be back on the line with you, man. I'm not positive it's even been this year. Surely it's been this year. Maybe before March. I would, uh, you know, I don't know. I was, I was, <laughs> I was really busy with work for a while, and then right. not busy at all. <laughs> so, right. Um, hey, take a selfie. Send me a selfie. Let's do a selfie for the because uh, we haven't had a picture together in so long. Uh, I, we have had ones. I mean, last year, but let's get something. So just take one real quick. I'll oh do the same. Gosh. My wife is going to kill me with all this uh, clutter that's in this little makeshift studio that I do. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's probably not going to be a good pick of either one of us. It's not. It's terrible. <laughs> I got some goofy glasses and everything, but whatever. The COVID all right, man. Sending your way right now. So COVID. so what are we going to talk about today? We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to catch up on. Obviously, um, you know, the main thing is football and, of course, COVID-19. I really – we I speak on behalf of Jason when I say this. I'm sure he said the same thing. Really, really hope everyone is doing well. I've had conversations with a lot of you. We've had conversations with each other. I know we've had a lot of alumni, fans, family, and friends who have who have been diagnosed with COVID, have been sick and with symptoms all over the map. I've heard, mm-hmm. you know, all kind of different stories. And then we've had some of the same alumni, fans – uh, family and friends who lost their jobs, lost their businesses. And then we've had some who have lost their lives or lost the ones that someone they love. So this is a very, very, it is a very, very interesting time because it's, this is something we don't know a lot about. There's a lot of assumptions that go into it. There are some things that are pretty concrete and that's kind of the, some of the stuff we're going to touch on today. But, but really, really, really hope all of you are doing well. Uh, hope you're making it through this okay. Obviously, this is something that nobody planned, and we're just kind of ha- we're just having to deal with and live with on the fly. Yeah, I, this is one of the things that I don't think ever entered my mind uh, up until up until the pandemic started. Uh, that I, I never thought that I would ever have to deal with something like this, right? I mean, to a Southern Miss fan, you were thinking to yourself, "Hey, 2012 is probably about as bad as it can ever get," right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um and 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 here we are now. It's just it's something different every day. And uh, you know we, we've uh like Shane and I were talking about one time. It's it's I, I don't ever know which side of the fence that I'm on a lot of or is there even a fence? You know I just I just want it all just to kind of work out. And uh and I think everybody wants the same thing, but 
like we talked about it. I think they're differing opinions on, on the avenue to get back to what is going to be normal from here on, but we all want to get there. So, um, that's, that's where we are now. We're what, six months into this thing. And I don't know. It doesn't, it seems like we've, uh, kind of hit a, kind of, kind of come to a standstill, uh, as far as whatever progress was being made. But that being said, we're what, like 15, 16 days away from kickoff and, Conference USA is one of the was one of the the conferences that has not uh opted out of the season as of yet. So um that's exciting and you just kind of hope that like you said uh we can somehow kind of walk that tightrope and and get this thing done. And I don't know if there is a correct answer on whether we should be playing or not. I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. We don't know the answer to that. We're not really going to speculate on what's right or what isn't. Um I think if we're going to speculate, let's speculate on how you make it work. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you, yeah. how do you make it happen? Um, this is pro, this is, I say probably, this is something we're going to be dealing with well into next year. It's probably something that's not going to just go away anytime soon. Um, you, you hope for treatments that can take care of it, but at the same time, those things have to be vetted. They have to go through testing. So this mm-hmm. is not something that if, if something was introduced right away, even if it was a vaccine, even, let's say you get a vaccine tomorrow, it still has to be produced. So this is yeah. something that we're going to be for, dealing with for, for a long for, time. For, I mean, it has to be produced like for the world. Right, right. Uh, that you can't do that in a week and a half. No, uh, not at all. So yeah, I mean, like, I, I I get everybody's point. Um, and like I said, at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Just how how do we get there? And we talked this morning, and we were like, you know, kind of talking what we were going to talk about. You know, obviously, you know, the situation with COVID and with football as well. And then just the day went south from there. And so before we get into all that, let's talk about what all went down today. So the first tidbit of news, uh, Southern Miss defensive lineman Jacques Turner, is it, he announced via Twitter that he was opting out of the 2020 season and entering the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. He uh, In some interviews that he did, uh, one with Patrick McGee of the Sun-Herald, if you want to check that out, there's been some news broadcast as well. He mentioned you know, his family. Uh, having their own issues with COVID. And and let me say this. I told anybody, any player that wants to opt out of the 2020 season because of COVID, because of what's going on with COVID-19, it does not bother me one bit. I totally understand it. I don't fault anybody for that. But the issue you have with, with two, at least two of these players is they're opting out, but they're also transferring. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of raises some questions here. The second one being Rakeem Booth. Now it's no secret that Rakeem Booth has had, uh, you know, some injury issues. Um, I believe he tore his ACL at the end of last season. Heard he'd aggravated a little bit. Of course, we don't talk about, we don't talk about that stuff. So we have no way of knowing what's really going on there. But he, if he wasn't, if he played this year, he was not going to be a hundred percent. That weight on his mind, he decided to opt out of the 2020 season and also, Entering the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. So you get both of those back to back. You start to really wonder what really is going on. And then as the day went along, Jalon Adams, um, it was announced, um, via the, the guy at WDAM that, uh, Jay Hobson told Tim Doherty that Jalon, uh, opted out of the 2020 season. There was no word on whether or not he's transferring, so I don't know if he's just either giving up football or planning to come back or what, but he will not be with the Golden Eagles in 2020 as well. On top of that, Travinsky Mosley left the team. Uh, we found out about that a few weeks back when the 
roster came out, there was a rumor about it, but when the roster came out and he wasn't on it, you knew he was gone as well. So that's two playmakers on offense and two uh, strong leaders on defense. Yeah, I mean, everybody you mentioned was a starter, right? <laughs> and, and not only a starter, but like a uh, – I mean, Mosley, in, in my mind, we're going to be watching the sky play on Sundays someday. Uh, maybe all of these guys. Uh, Booth, I remember like last year, uh, that's who I interviewed for Media Day. And one of my favorite players. Um, but, you know, I, I, I guess I'll start off with Turner here. Turner, um, when you sent me that, that tweet earlier today, it kind of hit me the wrong way. And I, I feel the same way about you as far as if you want to opt out for COVID. You know, just I, I, uh, I think that's your decision, and I totally respect anybody who makes a decision because of that. To say you're going to transfer is a little weird. Um, I, but I read that article that Patty wrote, and um, – you know, he mentioned that he wanted his senior season to be normal, right, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, and I can understand that too, honestly. It, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way at the beginning that you're going to opt out and transfer. I don't get it, but if you're going to opt out, uh, because I, the way I see it, if you if you were to stay on campus, and if you want, if you didn't want to play because of the virus, but you stayed on campus with Southern Miss, uh, you, you don't get that scholarship try again next year, do you? I mean, that counts, right? Um. Or is this a gray area with the NCAA? Uh, well, they I think they they set it out there that if you decided to opt out, you can still get, you still get your scholarship. So they still can, get your scholarship as far as like being paid for for academics. Correct. So, so but you would you you would lose this year. You, you would lose your final year of eligibility on the field. No. No. You, get to, you would get to keep it. Correct. So he would get to come back and play once again next year. Correct. Okay, well then that line that I just used is kind of a throwaway <laughs> because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at that point again. Um, so I went from not being you know too mad to getting kind of mad to not being real mad and back to mad again. But well, uh, hmm, and, and nobody knows what's going on because there's nothing that comes out of the football office. Uh, it's I, I know as a fan I hate to see it happen. Uh, I, I you know these guys I mean, heck we've been watching them play for a while now. But but Turner especially, I mean, he's just absolute beast on that line. And Booth, uh, one of my favorite players to watch, had that ACL deal. But Jalen, um, you know, Jalen left last year <laughs> at the end of the year, and I'm st- I still don't quite know what happened. I thought he had left the team completely, and then all of a sudden he was back on the team, um, and now he's off the team again. I guess because of COVID. I don't know. Jalen, that doesn't shock me as much as as, as much as Turner and Booth do. And then Mosley, no idea there either. Complete shock on that point. Hmm. You Not know, great. Well, you got three of those four have had injury issues, you know. So, you know, that's the I don't know how I don't know how in shape that Mosley would be. I don't know how well he'd recovered. I know he kind of got in a little bit in the bowl game, but uh, you know, I don't know how how he had progressed. Mm-hmm. Um, Booth was, you know, it was probably going to be an issue this year for him to play. And mm-hmm. Jalen, when he got injured last year, he just vanished. And we were wondering back then, is he coming back? Is he isn't? And we heard he was coming back, but, you know, never really heard anything final on that. Today is the first that we've heard anything about Jalen Adams outside of a tweet the football team sent out. <laughs> it's right. anticipating for the year. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's It's very odd. But it's either, you know, particularly with Booth and Turner, there's either something – internally going on or there's something externally going on or there's both you know mm-hmm. well and and that's where <laughs> that's what specifically with turner that, that that could be i mean i think i get what you're uh 
I smell what you're uh, I smell what you're stepping in there. Um, there could be some possible oh I don't know tampering going on with a super solid end rusher. There's you know who's to say who's mm-hmm. to say really I mean it's a possibility, but it's 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 definitely very interesting for this to happen with the timing of, of everything. And, and with and, and, and with uh and with Booth, I mean we're loaded at linebacker, right? That's one of the deepest spots. The other deepest spot on the team is what running back, from what we've been told, the stable, as a uh, coach likes to call them. I so, think that you know it's it's really tough to say because we haven't seen them play, and you true. know what you're losing in this guys these guys is experience above all else. Mm-hmm. So that's you know it's really hard to really comment on that, you know. Yeah, but, well, I mean, you, you, it, the, the one thing we got going for us is we have a bunch of playmakers coming in, but still, man, you know, losing, losing. I mean, Turner, I think is the big one here. I mean, Mosley too, but 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 if you had to pick one, who's just the biggest and just the the biggest shock and probably the biggest impact on game day, uh, is, you know, is Jacques Turner. He, he's just he's a, he's a difference maker. He'll be a difference maker wherever he ends up going, and I wish him the best. I just you know I wish I could watch him one more year in the black in the uh, black and gold. Yeah, same. It's it's really a shame. You you you've seen these guys play for several years. You, you hate to see them go, and you hate if they get a shot in the league. You hate for Southern Miss not to be next to their name after all they mm, they've kind of right. gone through. So yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it happens. It's happening more and more. Uh, you know, I guess you throw a pandemic in the middle of all that, and it's, it's probably going to happen just a little bit more than, than than normal. It's not like this doesn't happen every year. I mean, every year people there, there's there's players key players off of every team, not just our team that that suddenly there's a there's a change of heart or they enter the league early or they opt out or they, you know, transfer. This transfer portal has just gone freaking crazy, you know? And, and, <laughs> and there's uh, been a lot of players opt out even as of like today. I mean, I've seen players at Oklahoma, the LSU, Florida, Ole Miss. I mean, there's it's it, it's not just something that's that's um a problem here. I think the the question that that I think the transferring is is where you really have the concern. Is there some kind of is there an internal issue that we don't know about? Mm-hmm. You know, there were times at the end of the season last year where the team just it just looked like the wind was out of their sails. There was no fire on the sidelines like there towards the end of the season. It's it's like there was no just enthusiasm to go out there. No, I mean as a whole, there it didn't seem like the enthusiasm to go out there and win the game was there. In, nope. in the last three games. So is there something internal going on here, or is this uh, a situation where it's uh, best for both parties? I don't know. And that's also like the whole enthusiasm thing. You're dead on accurate that there wasn't much of it coming out of the sideline. It was just kind of just, uh, I don't know, just flat, you know, everywhere you looked. But that's only a problem when you lose. <laughs> right, right. Normally that's a product, uh, a byproduct of losing. But, um, you know, I don't see Bill Belichick going crazy on the sideline. Uh, they win all the time. So it's just one of those deals, man. It's just something else you can point to. Like, we all want these guys to do so good. We're looking at so much talent out there. And then, you know, if you can, if you lose the game and you don't see the enthusiasm, then you're like, well, that's the problem. Who knows if that actually is the problem, but it doesn't look great, right? So. Right, right. No, it doesn't. But hey, we wish these guys the best. Um, you know, Hopefully we can we can move forward and and not miss a beat. Let's talk a little bit about uh, COVID and and safety overall. So you know just brainstorming. We are not experts, obviously. If you've listened to the show before, you'd know that. Um, 
I will say this. One of my favorite things to listen to. So when the pandemic went south, I don't even know if we talked after everything went south. I can't remember if we did or not, but I was working a convention in Biloxi. And I had placed all my bets for the night <laughs> and I was out at dinner and then things just start just going haywire. Like the mm-hmm. NBA games get canceled. And then I look at my phone and the, the first case in Mississippi is in Hattiesburg. And then the, the where I was at the convention center down there, they were filming a movie as well. And I found out a couple of days later that somebody on that set caught COVID. And so I was all in that set. So I was just like, man, this is, you didn't know what to think. You didn't know much about it. Mm-hmm. But on my drive back to Hattiesburg, I listened to a podcast, Joe Rogan, which I know a lot of our listeners listen to. And he had on Dr. Michael Osterholm, who is the uh, director of the Center of Infectious Disease and Research at the University of Minnesota. And he has been studying stuff like this for years. And some of the stuff he said in that podcast I was a little like – he was very knowledgeable. I learned a lot from listening, but I was hoping that the stuff he was saying wasn't true, but all of it was, as I found out weeks later. (laughs) So he's kind of been my go-to every week as far as keeping up, getting a very objective view, a very scientific view on what's going on with COVID-19, you know, how, how to, how to deal with it. He's very honest. If he doesn't know something, he straight up tells you. So if you're looking for, you know, some information, you want to learn more about what's going on, um, definitely I, I highly recommend his podcast, the Osterholm effect. And, uh, if you just Google Mike or o- Osterholm, he's on all of the news networks all the time and you will find stuff out. So, um, you know, that's a really good person in my opinion to keep up with. Um, as far as learning about what's going on with COVID. But, but let's talk about this. So we don't really know. We haven't had any conversations with anybody in the athletic department about what the plans are. But let's just kind of speculate. Let's kind of talk it through because there's some things that we definitely need to consider in not only uh, how we approach the games, but things that we just need to be mindful of. You know, the first thing, player safety. So I know that we have had players on the Southern Miss football team who have been diagnosed with COVID. Mm-hmm. I know that we've, I know that's, you know, uh, Foxy, I know he was one of them. He came out and interviewed the other day and was talking about it and how he, you know, kind of struggled with it, but kind of he, how he's kind of getting back to normal, but we've had double digit, not players, double digit amount of players on this team that have had it. And, but we do not talk about illness. So it's one of those things where we don't really know what's going on. I think that we're, t- we're, doing all the protocol as far as testing and protocol, I mean, testing and quarantining and all that. But that's something that we just really don't know. Um, and this is something that even though the the death rate, which I, you know, can take with a grain of salt, uh, is very low for people this age, it's, it's not a 100%, you know, safe activity for them to be participating in, in football. Because you're banging up against the players, you're you're out there, you know. Even though you're out in the open air, which is great, and we'll get to that on game day safety. I mean, there's still there's still a a uh, some issues that could come out of this. There's been players at different, you know, colleges around the country. You, you have something called myocardosis, which is sideline a couple of MLB players for the year. Um, so this is something that, you know, there's still a risk there, even though they aren't as likely to die. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe not as likely to suffer as some other people, uh, that would get it. The, the possibility is still there. So there is still, you know, this is not, this is not like any other football season as far as player safety goes. 
Yeah, and, and when it comes down to COVID, like here's the question that I always have. Um, if if they're going to play a season, um, well, well, first of all, I, I always ask the question, um, are the players any safer at their house, like not playing football? I think the risk of, of obtaining COVID is kind of the same, really. I mean, you're, you're out and about, or like you and I can get it. Uh, just like, you know, you can get it if you're on a campus or wherever you are, right? There, there's... There's no restrictions on where you can get this thing. My deal has always been that, you know, I, I, I really would like to believe that they're in better hands on campus to deal with it if they get it. Um, as far as the, the care that they would get and, and being able to quarantine and being tested more often and all that. Uh, nobody wants to get it. Everybody kind of agrees that we're probably going to get it. Um, so then we're back to the, you know, what are the after effects and what's the mortality rate? And this is all question. This is all stuff that I can't believe you and I are sitting here talking about, really, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very important. I'm not trying to make light of it. It's just, I think, I think we all do this. I think everybody listening probably has similar conversations with their friends, and and um, and I, I think I'm kind of lucky, honestly, to have friends on. I, I keep saying both sides of this, even though we want to, we want the the exact same end result. But there's, you know, there's there, there's there, there's people that are like, man, we should get out there and play football. It's not a big deal. Well, I don't really fall into that category. I do think we should play football and we should do it in a safe way. Uh, I think you have other people who are like, this is insanity, the fact that we're even considering football. And I'm not sure if that's exactly right. I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I don't know. But, 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 but as far as – I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know. I look at the same stats as everybody else. and you know. So then at that point, I honestly believe that it comes down to a liability issue, and there's no way that I would want to have to sit – or walk a day in Jeremy McLean's shoes right now because, um, you know, everybody wants the, the safety for, for everyone, especially the student athletes that you look after. I mean, these guys look at these kids, these coaches, these athletic directors, people in the office, they look at these kids as, as their own children. And, uh, and then, you know, and then you start going down this other rabbit hole of you can't ignore the financials of the entire situation, right? Football drives the, uh, drives the athletic department, uh, budget um and i'm just not just not just the men's sports but the women's sports and everything sports so if this doesn't happen how far does that go down and then how does that affect businesses around town and is anybody gonna stay in hotels anymore and then you just keep going down that rabbit hole and good lord have mercy i have no idea how jeremy mcclain gets a wink of sleep at night um but it's uh i mean it, it, i mean it is that how conversations go? I know you and I talk about it, but just p- other people that you talk to, you kind of start off on one, and then it bleeds into another, and then it bleeds into another, and by the end of it, you're like, you know what? I'm just, I don't, I'm either going running, going to play golf, or going to get blackout drunk. I don't know which. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of conversations with different people, and I know that Jeremy. I mean, and I'll just say this: if if any of you uh, haven't listened to the uh, Southern Miss podcast that's out there, just Google Southern Miss. Um, they're up there. At the top of the Southern Miss podcast with us, and um, you can find uh, the la- last episode they put out. Jeremy McLean was—I think he's been on there every time, but he mm-hmm. was talking about a couple of things. Um, he mentioned that they have some machines now to clean the locker rooms, clean shoulder pads, clean knee braces, um, and and inside the building, masks are mandatory. So so he kind of made it a point to talk about some of the precautions that they were taking. But one of the big things he said with these players is education, you know, because if you you know college kids they they want to do things that don't involve social distancing 
<laughs> I know we didn't when we mm-hmm. were there. So I understand that's a little bit of an issue, but they're trying to educate the players on, you know, what, what all that entails, what, you know, the risks that are out there, how it's being transmitted, things like that. Um, and again, I don't know what the, you know, I don't know what the right or wrong answer is. We're probably not going to know until we get well off into this. And, you know, it's going to be fluid. I, I really, I was, uh, um, on the, um, couple of, uh, the podcast with a couple of East Carolina guys earlier, the sports objective. Shout out to Bubba and Kyle. Um, and we were talking about it. And, uh, you know, this, our schedule is going to be probably be fluid this entire season. Mm-hmm. And not only, not only do you have COVID to worry about, but this is supposed to be one of the more active hurricane seasons as well. Oh you know, gosh. We are talking, we, yeah. we, are, we are talking on, this is the 51st anniversary of Hurricane Camille. Now think about that. Camille, that starts with a C. We just had Kyle, which starts with a K. So we are, we are the furthest into the season as far as the amount of storms as we've ever been at this point. So, um, 2020 keeps just keeps rocking on along. Just keeps rocking right along. So, you know, even if we don't have a hurricane issue, there may be issues with television where we have to move games around. There may be issues where there's outbreaks on teams and teams can't just can't play. Maybe outbreaks on teams and we can't play. Who, you know, school may go virtual only. Who knows what's going to happen with all this? You're kind mm-hmm. of just you're just going to have to just take it as it comes, take it with a grain of salt, and just just carry forward. Um, but. I think there, uh, the main point that I wanted to make with this is there, there is a, uh, there is a liability issue with player safety. Not as far, not even, even as it goes with, as, as far as the school being liable, I'm just talking about the players themselves being safe. Coming out of this on the other side, a okay. You know, hey, let, let, let me ask you this. Are, are, is, are, are there going to be, I mean, players are still, we, we look at players, it kind of differently as normal students, I think, but players are students. So there's going to be students at these colleges across the country. Um, so whether you're playing something or not playing something, you have the risk of getting this virus, right? Correct. Okay. If the football players are on campus and these football coaches are still getting paid to coach football, I'm assuming that they're still going to have football practices or basketball practices or whatever. I mean, right now it's okay to get out there and practice stuff, right? Right, right. So then it comes down to, and this is the other rabbit hole when you're going the other way. You're not going down it. You're kind of going up it, and you come out uh, because at, at the end of that rabbit hole, you're like, well, okay, so we're on campus. Everybody's on campus. That's cool with everybody. We're practicing. That's on a football field with coaches and players, so that's cool with everybody, and we do that like 25, 30 hours a week. What's wrong with that three and a half hours on Saturday? And I don't, I, I don't, I don't know why that three and a half hour. If you can do all the other stuff, and you might not, they might say, you know what, if you're not playing football, then the, the whole facility is shut down. Uh, and maybe that's the case. And if that's the case, then I don't have a point here. But if it's not the case, and you're going to be practicing anyway, lifting weights anyway, doing it all safe and as safe as you can possibly make it, using those things you talked about in the locker room with the pads and spraying them down and all that. If you're doing all that the entire week, then what in the hell does that three and a half hours on Saturday have to do with COVID at that point? Is it just the other team coming to town? Well, I mean, yeah, you get that. I mean, so think about this. Liberty hasn't done any testing lately. They said they haven't had anybody symptomatic, so they haven't mm-hmm. been testing. Sure. Do you think there's anybody out there in Liberty, given all that Liberty does and goes there, do you think there's anybody out there in Liberty that doesn't have COVID? So maybe that's that, that's the 
that's the bigger issue here is that there's no governing. There's no uh, nobody that says everybody has to do these exact protocols. No. Uh, yeah, and, exactly. And so then you kind of have to wonder in the back of your mind, like, look, I mean, you, you I guess what you're looking for is 100 percent certainty that um, everybody out there on the field is covid free. And therein lies the problem, I guess, because there's no way. Even if you do all the testing, honestly, there's that asymptomatic stuff, right? Um, well, that, that, if you have yeah. good if you have good tests, that still would show up. You still would know. I mean, if mm-hmm. if you're testing everybody, you know, if you're just mm-hmm. if you're just testing by symptoms, then yeah, you you know, you probably would have some sl- slip through the cracks. But you mentioned them players going to class. There's mm-hmm. a lot of I've seen a lot of pictures the past few days, uh, pictures in Starkville, pictures in Tuscaloosa of just these swarms of people with no masks on now they were the pictures were outside but it's one of those things like there are a lot of factors in play where this could not happen because of things outside of football you know um lane kiffin today at his press conference was talking about how no one in town is taking it seriously up there you know, he saw that right it's not being done at all so you know and i've seen some pictures uh, of of some things around hattiesburg uh you know at, at a certain high school where it was uh you know, they weren't following the the protocol as far as you know how to how to deal with uh, COVID and, and and prevent the spread. Um, and two, really, ultimately, football. If you look at the list of priorities, probably towards the bottom of the list, we have had an outbreak problem in Mississippi. I mean, it's getting better now. Um, Hattiesburg. I think we kind of we may have hit our ICU peak on Friday, and, and we're down a lot now. But uh, you know. How much more stress can we put on the medical system here in Mississippi? You know, I, I think we've, I know we've extended, uh, we've having extended ICUs here in Hattiesburg, but we've been well over capacity in that for a while. I think we're finally getting back down a little bit, but when kids get back into school, people start mingling a little bit more. And if they don't follow these protocols, is that going to shoot back up and cause us to have more things that we have to take back, you know? Yeah, I think, and all that remains to be seen. I'm not sure about these whole hospital things. I mean, I've seen all the same stats, and then you know, I've talked to people personally, and they kind of give me a different opinion of uh of exactly what's going on behind the scenes. So it's just there's so much just both sides of of the just equator, um, you know, uh, with <laughs> with everything. It just get, it gets so it just gets so just political, right? Um. It's really like when it comes down to it, but I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, I do know that I, I think that everybody would just like – at this point, if you're McLean or if you're Conference USA or any of the other conferences that are getting it going, don't you think at this point you're just like, you know what? Let's just get to kickoff. Let's get to kickoff that first game, and let's uh, – we've made it this far. Who knows what's going to happen during the season? Everybody expects there to be more positive tests, I think. Right. I don't know. That probably even offends somebody. But I do. I think there's going to be a positive test the entire year Um, at that point. What do you think about that? At that point, it then comes down to what is your threshold of risk? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. From from an athletic department, from a personal standpoint, um, if you're Jack Abraham and you're in that QB room and a couple of the other QBs got it. And I don't know. uh, One guy doesn't show any kind of symptoms at all. The other guy, he's pretty bad off. At that point, do you go out there and you still play a little bit? I don't know. 
Uh, I'd like to think if I'm Jack Abraham and I'm that age, I'm probably thinking I'm pretty I'm pretty fearless. Everybody on that football field feels that way because that's what football players do. <laughs> I wasn't even a football player, and I probably would have done it just because I was an idiot. But uh, you have to have that certain mentality as a football player anyway. These guys all think that they can go and they can jump over a moving car. And, you know, um, <laughs> otherwise, if, if, if you didn't think that way, then you wouldn't go out there and, and um, you know, get into a, like, what, what do they say? Like a, a, a playing a football game is like getting into like 30 car crashes or something like that. You wouldn't do that if, uh, if you didn't think that you're absolutely just invincible. So, so that mindset plays into it too. And there's so many moving parts here that that when you start talking about it, it it goes in so many different directions but i think all of that plays into it and at the end of the day yeah, everybody kind of wants the same thing um nobody agrees on how to get there and every, i think i think at this point like i said the the, the leaders that in in conference usa and southern miss just kind of want to get it going see what happens maybe 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 it's good for two or three weeks right uh and maybe it's not, and then maybe you have to. Can't, I don't know, but I think I think the the goal right now is to get it started, football. And we don't know. You know, we haven't been in this meeting, so don't know what kind of information they're getting. Don't know how much of a risk they know is out there. You know, with this, um, it, it's really it's a it's a it's a really a tough spot to be in. Is there a line between being too cautious and not cautious enough? I don't know. Where's sure. that? You know, you mentioned not playing. I mean. Mathematically, if you look at the amount of players that are still playing in college football, uh, it's very likely you'll have a casualty. Is that where you draw the line as far as where you quit playing? I mean, if it's if it's not on your team or in your conference, do you do you try to keep going through that, or is that something where you draw the you know? There's so many things, so many variables right. in play. Well, and, you, yeah, and, and then somebody's going to bring up once that happens, somebody will bring up. Well, you know, uh, two years ago, Maryland had a kid die at practice because they ran him too hard. You going to stop running? And that's that's you know like like we were talking about earlier that the answer is somewhere in the middle obviously not on that side or the other side but it's not like people hadn't died in the past that that's that's what's going to be brought up once that and happens. that's that's ridiculous because you have the same circumstances that you've had every these are totally different circumstances that we don't understand so if you have kids die from running they're still probably going to die from running mm-hmm. you know but this is a situation where you put them in there to play mm-hmm. to to make money and if they get ill. If they if if a kid dies on your team on your watch, I, I mean, yeah, no, no, I mean that's got to weigh uh, that's got to weigh super super duper heavily on everyone. And uh, it, it, granted that 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 chance of that happening is still super duper minuscule. Um, but if it does happen because of this, um, uh, then <laughs> that's where that's that's I mean you don't want that on your plate, right? I mean, there's you know I was listening to. Doug Gottlieb the other day, and he kind of – the analogy that he used was having a trampoline or a pool in your backyard. <laughs> He's like, we've always wanted a pool. We've always wanted a trampoline. Um, we never had, we've never had a pool or a trampoline because if a lot of people come over, uh, if anybody gets hurt that doesn't have your last name, you're on the hook, right? So, that, I mean, in the same way, this is okay. you don't want to be the guy that uh, – that all – like your, your team is the one that – you know, had the people die or had the people come up with this, whatever that myocardia thing you talked about earlier. Myocarditis. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically information like, of the heart. Yeah. It's a, yeah. uh, it's, it's a very, you know, and it, it, it can come from other 
sources, obviously, but it's it's they've seen it more prevalently in uh, you know some of the athletes right now. And uh, yes, I mean having a strain on your heart muscle is no joke, um, especially for some of these bigger guys. I mean, and we're, we're going to get to this in a second. You know, I was going to next. I was going to talk a little about fan safety. Mm-hmm. So while I'm talking about that, we're just going to lead into that. But fan safety. So the, the protocols that you have, physical distancing avo- and avoiding crowds is one, which if you're at a game, you can – I think it's very good that we're outside. I mean that's excellent because this is an sure. airborne tra- – a disease that is airborne in the way that it is transmitted. Uh, we should be able to physical distance. I don't know if you heard any of the press conference earlier today, but – um, Tate Reeves mentioned uh, that he was asked about the game, and he mentioned something about a 25% capacity. They haven't come to a con- uh, you know a conclusion yet on what they're going to do, but it's likely that we will have a uh, 25% capacity in the stadium. And if that's the case, you're looking at a little less than than 10,000 fans in the stadium, which we should be able to physically distance. If you can get you know anywhere from six to ten feet between um, people, uh, you should be able to avoid the crowds. With the exceptions of, you know, maybe concessions or getting in the gate. Um, then you've got hygiene, washing hands, using sanitizer, as well as wearing masks. Now, we'll say this about wearing masks. Masks are not foolproof. It's not a situation where if everybody wore a mask would be fine because um, the, the masks don't seal around your mouth. Masks basically help protect others from the person wearing the mask. Um, but again, it's it's not 100%. Um, so keep that in mind. Um one of the big goals with, you know, COVID that they've mentioned is, is protecting vulnerable populations. So there's there's two uh, categories of people here. There's the the older adults, and as you get older, the risk gets higher. So the highest risk goes to those 85 and older, and then there's a risk, you know, 65 and up, and so forth and so on, um, as well as people with certain medical conditions. Some of the some of the conditions on that list include cancer, kidney disease, obesity heart conditions, sickle cell, type 2 diabetes. So when you look at that, you think about some of these linemen that that bulk up to get into to the weight they need to be uh, at to be linemen. I mean, I'm not saying there's some obesity, but I'm not saying everybody's obese, but there's some that are carrying more weight than their bodies are going to carry once they get out of sports. Um, so you're going to have a little strain on the heart in that regard. And two... When you start talking about vulnerable populations, is that a situation where you don't let certain people in the gate? You know, are you are you breaking out a scale when people walk in the gate? Are you checking IDs for age? I don't see that happening. So no, it, yeah, and, and it, when it, you said that earlier, I, I I haven't thought about that situation uh, yet, um, and I wanted to give it some thought. So, you know. The, the what I came down to, and I, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but I, I'm not sure that you do a whole lot different. I mean, I think that you make the game day as safe as possible for everyone in attendance, and you go the extra mile with safety guidelines all over the place inside the stadium. Have sanitation stations set up. Have the one-way walking. Um, have people spread out uh, as much as you can possibly spread them out. How, how's that going to affect your your actual tickets that you have? I don't know. Are you and I going to sit like three feet away from each other? Probably not. Like I would like to sit around my family. And you guys will be a little bit further away. But that be, does that put me in somebody else's seat? <laughs> the bear for that seat? I'm not sure exactly how that is going to pan out. But I feel like as humans, we can probably make it happen, right? Um, 
but, but as far as the old people and stuff like that, I, I'm not positive that that's the university's. This is going to sound horrible before I even say it, but I'm not sure that's the university's problem. I think that we're all in this together as a society. And if you feel like that you are uh, a little bit more vulnerable than the other guy, then you should probably just not go. I mean, does, that, does, yeah. that, does that sound horrible? Well, it comes down to personal responsibility, a lot of this. Yeah. But yeah. let's, let's yeah. hypothetically say that you are the you are in the administration. You make these decisions. Let's say that uh, somebody that comes to the game passes away, and they were in the vulnerable population. Or let's say that the you get um, the the capacity for the local ICUs um, get even more strained due to some people who caught it from coming to the game. I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not out of the realm of possibility for that to happen. So, you know, with that being said, these are things that I'm sure they're considering when it comes to making these decisions. And uh, I, I don't know how you do. I don't know how you tell someone they can't come. No, yeah, how, yeah, you, you can't, can't be. A, you, you're a fat ass. Are you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and also, I mean, these, these aren't lepers, right? You can't put them no. in their own section. No, of the you stadium. can't. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I would just hope that that you would just flood the wave, the airwaves, the TV waves, the radio waves, the signs around campus. With uh, concern uh, for the vulnerable vulnerable population, and um, and still encourage them to do what's best for them, right? Like re- remain a good golden eagle in every way, shape, and form. Just you know, maybe not for those three and a half hours on a Saturday. That's that's at the end of the day, there, there's there's uh, it's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate all the way around. It's even more unfortunate. But I can tell you this: if I was 85 years old. As big of a Golden Eagle fan as I am, I'd probably skip this one, right? I uh, talked to a diehard fan over the weekend that's fresh out of college that isn't going because of um, things to do with work. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, I totally get, you know, anybody, you know, deciding that it's probably not the best idea. It's probably not the best idea for anybody to go, really, if you really think yeah, about I mean, it. Well, well, and but, it comes down to that, that, that threshold of risk again, right? I mean, yeah, right. we all take risk every day. I drive a lot every day. You drive a lot every day. Uh, that's a risk. Um, just, I mean, if you really want to break it down, this, this is a risk that's kind of unknown and there's so many different varying degrees of if you actually get it, what the symptoms are going to be or how bad it's going to go down for you. I and think the chances big, I are, think the big difference yeah. is with the risk is that this is something that's affecting everybody. If you get it, it's not like, a, you know, if you get in a car accident, you know, that's you and somebody else, but this is like, the more this spreads, the more it's going to spread to other people. So it's something that like, if you're not taking it seriously, it's not just something that's on you. It affects everybody out there, you know? So it's, yeah, and, and on, on people that have that, that mindset, which I've kind of fallen in that category, but like, I, I think for me personally, that if Everybody that got it, like if it was one of the movies, right? If you like walk past somebody and the breeze went the wrong way and 15 minutes later you died, I would be taking – I'm not saying I'm not taking it seriously. I'm masked up when I go into places. I'm washing my hands like nobody's business, and I'm putting hand sanitizer like on the map for a Fortune 500 company. But uh, you know, I just I, – I, I, I can't I, – I, I, I just – if I saw more people in worse shape – I've seen so many people that have come through it fine, uh, and I know I've, I've read the studies, and I've, I know you lost, you lost a friend of yours out of New Orleans, and that is tragic. Um, but I think if I saw more of that, that I would be more I, – I, I wouldn't even be entertaining the idea of playing football. Um, but and there's so many people that get over it, right? That's I think part two. I think there's a – I think it's going to have to hit closer to home for a lot of people to take it 
as seriously as we need to take it for us to get for us to to better contain it and that's unfortunate i mean but like you said i mean this one's different it doesn't you know you, you, you a couple of days before you're even symptomatic if you are you right. don't, and, and that's true just, i mean heck if like my son got it and you know something tragic happened to him or if you got it or people that are close to me i mean yeah i'd be beating the drum and and on every news outlet in the world telling everybody to take this thing more seriously and that like i said not that i'm telling them to not take it seriously but you can at least see my point right where i'm like dude it's Really bad, really tragic, and I, I believe all of that. Is it worth, you know, stopping our entire lives? And that's that's what it comes down to, right? Uh, especially around Hattiesburg with football season. We talked about how many things differently that that this football season affects, and it can really go down to uh, affecting everything, to everything from our, you know, the other. I mean, if, if you really start going down that rabbit hole. Not only the sports that we like to go watch, but the sports that we don't even like to go watch that we probably don't even know happen. Uh, the hotels that people stay in, the bars that we know people that work at, uh, and then ultimately maybe even the university. I mean, if you don't have all this stuff, how in the world do you have any money to pay for anything else? And all of a sudden, if you don't have a football team, who's going to go to university? <laughs> Just when am I going to have to move to Idaho? Right. There's a whole yeah. There's a whole lot of things to consider with it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate that we, it's unfortunate that we're in the situation we're in because, you know, we've known enough to be able to get this under control. We just haven't done it. Um, and I think a lot of it's because it hasn't hit close to home with a lot of people. That's what's unfortunate about the whole thing. Hopefully we can get under, hopefully, hopefully we can get through the season, um, with minimal, because people are going to get it, like you said, and people are going to, players are going to get it. Uh, fans are going to get it. I, I hope we, uh, the casualties are, are minimized and, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't put too much of a strain on the medical f- uh, people out there. Yeah. yeah. My deal is just survival, man. Especially, yeah. especially when it comes to Southern Miss, uh, not just personally or anything else, but when it comes to Southern Miss, that's a very big part of my life. And, and, and I want, I, I don't want the COVID to ruin it. I don't want the lawyers to ruin it. Uh, I, I want to somehow make it through and we got to somehow walk this tightrope to i think make it happen i mean somehow we have to hold our head above water right that's got to happen i don't think that that i mean let me ask you do you think that we can hold our head above water without making a dime from football season this year well that's the thing that's the whole thing about it is yeah if you um you have this this uh pandemic you know so if you if you play you're going to run the risk of you know increased spread you're going to run the risk of uh possible you know, illness and, and death in some cases. And if you don't play, you run the risk of, uh, you know, the financial, can we make it through this without going under, uh, the financial collapse? And that's why I don't think there's a really a right, a wrong answer right now. It's, it's one of the things we're not going to know until the circumstances happen either way. And we get to see how it plays out. I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, but it's just, you know, that's yeah. why this, I guess it's part of the reason we're having these conversations. Uh, game day safety. So there's some things that we love about game day. They're probably not going to happen. We're probably not going to have Eagle walk this year at all. <laughs> you know, maybe ever again. Maybe, hand, yeah. Slapping like 20,000 people's hands on the way by. Yeah. That's the thing of the past. Partner, when's the last time you shook somebody's hand? It's been a minute. It has been yeah. a minute. Unfortunate. You can still have them walk through, but the slapping hands thing, that's going to be a while. They're, they're likely, there probably won't be tailgate. You could, you know, we talked about this earlier. You could make tailgating work if everybody was on board, but 
you know, um, having, cause you're out in the open, but you're, a lot of people are, sometimes you're going to be crowding under these tents to get shade. Once alcohol starts getting involved, you start kind of laxing up a little bit. Um, it's going to be tough to pull off. So, I, I mean, I really don't see, I don't see tailgating it, at least being a smart idea. Given the circumstances, I just think the tailgating is so far down the list of concerns. If I'm McLean right now, right, <laughs> I think I'm right. like, like we said, let's just get to the first game. Let's get this thing started. Let's get a game or two under our belt. Let's just pray to God and cross our fingers and whatever else you do for good luck. Um, and to do that and, and hope that it all works out. And then maybe by some miracle halfway through the season, if there aren't any, you know, drastic changes, uh, lots of cases coming out or anything like that, maybe then you you say, hey, guys, you know, tailgating is going to be allowed this week or whatever. But that that is so f- – and I love tailgating, right? It's part of my intro. But uh, <laughs> but but the but that is just way down the list of things that concern me at this point. I just want to, go, I just want to be able to go and watch some Golden Eagle football. And we're kind of approaching this at this point. Like, it seems like it's, we're going to try to make it happen. So how do you make it happen safely? You know, so probably tailgate, not the best idea. Probably, you know, and they've limited access to the field after the games. You probably would do some of that. Um, I would imagine you wouldn't have Seymour necessarily come around and start wrangling up the kids to the front of the thing and shaking, you know, hit high five and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got situations like concessions and the entry. How do you, you would have to probably find a way to, social distance in those situations um at the entry gate and, and the, you know are you going to do temperature checks i know those are as we've gone along temperature hasn't been as big of a symptom as it was earlier on so do you do t- temperature checks i would imagine you would check for masks um mm-hmm. concessions we also have concession delivery that's another great thing you know that we've had in the past we, if we're going to have that again that would be great that would save you from having to get in line with other people um and then BYOB get, is how we could do that. BYOB. I would. That would be incredible. <laughs> um, and then we talk about once you get in the stands. You know, like I said earlier, there, there's, there's, uh, this disease is less likely to spread in open air. You've, the, 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 uh, the times that it, it, it's come out, it's usually when people are in close quarters. So we have enough stands, and if we have 25% capacity, which we kind of have been at the past few years anyway. Um, we, I think we can make it about (laughs) 70 or so. It's been, it's been, it's been. Now rice does not have a problem with this. Western Kentucky does not have a problem with this. No, not at all. Uh, UAB would like you to think they have a problem with it, but they don't have a problem with it. Um, Southern Miss, I don't know. What what have we been averaging? Like 22, 20, 21, 22, I mean, that's what the, that's what the, that's what they said. That's what the ticket sales have been. And I'm not going to say they're 10,000, but we probably, you know. That's a, probably a fair estimate for how many season ticket holders we have, I would think. If but if we means. go, yeah. But if we go with the, uh, if we go with, I mean, like me and you and Shane were talking about, if you go with the twenty-five percent thing, which we think might happen, that leaves us where? What's our stadium seat? Thirty, thirty-eight. I want to say it's close to forty, if I'm not mistaken, with with everything. But uh, I could be wrong. It could be thirty-eight. Yeah. So if it's thirty-eight, it'll be about nine thousand. So thirty-eight thousand uh, divided by four. Is 9,500. All right, we got 400 people in the band. So that's 9,100. Uh, then you have what? Say a thousand tickets for students, maybe. So minus 400, 9,100 minus thousand. That leaves 8,100 tickets, roughly. I mean, just doing some simple math right there. I don't think we're far off, but 
So around 8,800 8, tickets available. And how many season tickets have we sold? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think we know. I'm thinking it's more than 8,100. <laughs> well, I don't know because there's a lot of people that aren't going to come out this year because of the circumstances. So, I, you know, it's tough to say. Um, and this is the last question I had on this before we move on to talk mm-hmm. football. Is there anywhere – so if you, you think about all of the potential things that they could be brought down, all of the scenarios of, of um, guidelines that they would put into place, is there anywhere that you would draw the line? Is there anywhere that you would say – Okay, that's too. I'm not. I I can't do. I'm not coming. Is there anything that you would for me personally? Yeah, for you personally. Mm, hmm. I think the only thing that would stop me from coming is if someone in my family had it. Yeah. And then I was exposed, and just, you know, I'm a citizen of the world, so I would not want to go expose someone else. Right. Right. I think that would stop me, but um. As far as something tragic happening, I me mean, just like saying I, I don't believe in this anymore. Well, I'm, I no, I'm th- I, and I'm thinking more the lines uh, along the lines of, you know, you have to wear a mask the whole time, or you have no. to, uh, you know, stuff like that. Is there anything? No, yeah, I, I, I think I can get past the mask thing. Uh, if if I if if that was the case, if they said you had to wear a mask when you come in, I would still go. Uh, I don't want to. I, I'm totally okay with mask at the concession, mask at the bathroom, um, mask if you happen to end up in a group of people talking or whatever and you disperse really quick just throwing your mask real quick if i get to my seat and the only people around me are katie uh you know my son and you guys are like at least six feet away i'm totally cool with not having a mask on <laughs> but but no if it came down to mask or you can't come in the door or you can't if, if we see you without a mask you're out of here then i would put on a mask and I, I, I think the, you know, I don't know that there's a guideline they can put into place, but if, if I were to get there and there was not, you know, and, and this stuff wasn't being followed, then I probably would be like, okay, it's probably not a good idea to come back. Like if there was, you know, people around or, or, you know, you, you get too close to people, people aren't taking it seriously. Um, you know, if it just seemed like it wasn't, but I don't, I don't anticipate that happening. I, th- I think, I, it, no, I don't either. And I think if that was the case, instead of not coming back, I think there's going to be like, Close to thirty thousand empty seats, and I would probably go find one of them. Well, that's there. true too. That's true too. So let's let's move on. So we kind of we kind of delved into that a little bit, but you know, again, just for the sake of banner and just to put this on your mind, different things you may or may not have considered uh, when it comes to this, because these, these some of these things are things that are, are being talked about, and and rightfully so. So we're obviously going to have football. We're trying to make football season happen. Would shock me if it didn't. If we got to September the second, and for some reason it didn't happen. I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch, or mm-hmm. counting my sure. poker. I'm not counting my poker chips before they hatch, as <laughs> Fake Jay would say. Fake Jay, right? But um, you know, so I, I kind of feel like any football is going to be gravy at this point. So let's look at the schedule real quick. So some things have changed. Um, mainly, um, our game against South Alabama has been moved up to September the third. That's the Thursday night at 7 p.m. This will be if this happens. This will be not only the first college football game of the season, it will be the only game that night. So if this happens, this is a great opportunity for exposure sure. for the school, for the athletes that are still here, <laughs> and for the university. <laughs> um, this, the, All eyes are going to be on us that night if it happens, if we can make it happen. So 
that was something that I kind of got excited about. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that would, and, and two, South Alabama, right down the road, you got a rivalry. I don't, you know, obviously they can't bring a crowd, but, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's something that, that you, you kind of, and they're not very good. They haven't been very good. So hopefully it's a, we can come in here and get the victory and, and light them up and get some exposure. Fingers crossed. That is, I mean, all the things are, are great you just talked about. And, and also I think that people that tune into the game, there's going to be a lot of people tune into that game. Just, just even if you're not a football fan, maybe, uh, you might tune into the game just to, just to see football, right? That, hey, there's something going on. What are they doing? Uh, I hate it or I love it or either way I'm watching it. Um, I think it's also good that people have, already seen baseball and basketball kind of in this realm of not a lot of people there, right? In their case, no people there. In our case, maybe some people there. But either way, I don't think, there's no way you can tune in and be like, look at that. See, that's why I watch my team because there's a million people there. So people are already kind of used to seeing nobody at games. Um, and then hopefully we can get on the field and just shine. Jack Abraham can go the heck off. And, uh, and, and and we look great, right? Hattiesburg looks good. They uh, they they you know the players look good. Team looks good. Hopefully we do something in that stadium. There's wraps on the top of it that irritate me so much that haven't been replaced in like five years. Uh, hopefully we do something some some of that. But at the end of the day, if we can pull it off, right? If we can get there and we can pull this thing off, and all these other teams have canceled across the country, um, can see that uh. Yeah, it would be some great exposure on all fronts because, you know, Southern Miss also is, does great things in, in other parts, not just athletics, right? Uh, I've seen several articles here later, uh, lately where Southern Miss is kind of leading the way as far as protocols and testing and whatnot and using the different programs within the university to advance this and that. So all that stuff can be on the forefront. And it could also come just completely crashing down in front of the entire world watching. So I'm sure everybody's going to get a full night of sleep before that one goes down. Well, this is kind of like one of those games from the early to mid 2000s where we'd be on Thursday night football on ESPN, or, or Tuesday. we'd be the only game on that night, and uh, it would be a great chance for exposure. So, um, like you said, I hope it happens. Hey, fun fact though. So you know, like with the Major League Baseball games, you have the cardboard cutouts of the fans in the stands. Uh huh. I used to work with the guy that started that company, and I'm so jealous. That he thought of it and was able to produce it and probably make a killing off of, do- <laughs> off of doing that. Right. We worked we worked together in Phoenix, so pretty awesome. So if hey, if for some reason we can't have fans in this fan stands, maybe they'll bring that in here and you can get your picture or a picture of whoever you want uh, in the stands. Uh, we'll see what happens there. So then we've got uh, that's a Thursday night game, and then another good thing about moving that game from Saturday to Thursday is it gives us more time to prepare for the next game, the first conference game of the year against Louisiana Tech, who has lost a good bit. That game is also going to be in Hattiesburg. Then the week after that, Texas Tech, we were supposed to play them. Their season got canceled, so as of right now, that is a big old bye. Um, who's to say whether or not we're going to get another team scheduled or not? Uh, but if we do, we might have a game that weekend. We might not. So then September 26th, uh, that completes the homestand there, and we are taking on the Tulane Green Wave with their likely starter, Keon Howard, who, for if you've listened to the show for the past few years, he was a starter at one time here at Southern Miss at quarterback, uh, shared time with Quadra Griggs, then decided to transfer to Tulane. So this may be an opportunity for a uh, revenge game from the bowl game this year. We might have a chance to get the bowl back. And it will be an opportunity for Keon to take the field uh, 45 minutes away from his hometown of Laurel, Mississippi. 
And it will be – in Keon's situation, this is the perfect year for him to have to come back to Hattiesburg. After after playing here and then leaving here and then going to Tulane, which nobody in Hattiesburg likes Tulane, right? And he's going to be the guy starting quarterback. Uh, he he would, he might get an earful from more than the student section is all I would say. Oh, there's no doubt about it. No doubt. And and, and, and I love Keon, right? But I mean, this is just how it goes. He knows that when he yeah, comes back. Is... I mean, I wish him all the best in the world. But if he was back in front of a packed house at the Rock, uh, it's going to be a little bit different than how it's going to be this year. That's all I'm saying. No, absolutely. But I hope we get to play it, too. <laughs> so that that's at least three games, if not four, at home right away. So if that Texas Tech game isn't made up, we've got six home games. If it is made up, we may have a home game, may have an away game. So we were looking, almost looking at seven home games, which the last time we had seven home games was in 1920. So that would have been... A uh, hundred years. A hundred years would have been amazing. The hundred-year season. hundred-year season. Uh, the schedule goes on... Um, October 10th, we've got FAU at home. Then we go to UTEP the next week. We come back on Halloween to take on the Rice Owls. Then we have a bye. Then we go to uh, Western Kentucky on November 14th. UTSA comes here on November 21st. And then November 28th, we play the University of Alabama Birmingham in Alabama. I'm glad we have that bye on November 7th because with hurricane season... It would not shock me if we had to end up using that, um, but we'll we'll see what. Hopefully, we get to all these games. Hopefully, we we get through it, uh, and and hopefully it goes. Hopefully, the season goes in our favor. I mean, I can't imagine a situation where you have uh, our quarterback. Everybody in our quarterback room gets diagnosed on a Thursday with COVID. Right. And everybody has to sit out for two games. That would be horrific. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing that me and Shane pointed out uh, the last time, just without getting into the whether you, you believe this or believe that, just logistically, um, just how much can go wrong with a 14-day quarantine. Because that's, that's still the protocol as far as I know. If you get it, it's a 14-day holdout, right? I, I believe so. I believe it is. So and then you go through all the contact tracing and all that, and I can't imagine what that goes through on a college campus. I mean – just so I, our thing was logistically, I have no idea how this is going to go down. But you know, then everything we've talked about today too adds into that. There's just so many moving parts, and with this many moving parts, it's just something's going to go wrong. No, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and can you can you handle it from that point? Yeah, so. I, I think it's just a matter of expecting this, expecting these things to happen. It's just like you said, how you deal with it. And thank God we don't have to make these decisions. You know, holy oh, my hell. lord. I'm way I'm, I'm way better at doing this side of it, uh, and and again I hope this is the last time that you and I will ever have to have a show about this. I, I can't wait to get back to the point to, to where we you know we've joked about it a lot, but I can't wait to get back to doing a show. Where all we're doing is we're bitching about stupid ass timeouts, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. What are we thinking right there? Why didn't we kick it? Uh, that dude behind me at the game was an asshole. Anything like that. I, I, w- I would love to have any of that conversation, but instead we get the same exact thing over and over and over and th- twist it and turn it in all these different ways. But we're getting closer to a season, and man, I'm just I'm just hoping that it all works out. And so as far as the coverage of football, you know, and I'm sure everybody knows this, but to remember, there was no spring football this year. And the media is not allowed at practice. So the guys that handle this, your your uh, Golden Eagle Prize, Big Gold Nations, right? Um, 
Patrick McGee, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, they're getting these interviews with coaches, players after practice. So nobody's getting to watch this. So it's really, really tough to gauge exactly what this team is going to look like. And now you have players opting out, you know, you don't, we've had players with COVID. I know we've had some on the offensive line for sure that have been out. We don't know who's in and out, who's getting to play, who's going, you know, there's a lot we don't know. So some of this stuff we're doing is just speculating. But one of the things, uh, a big day for us was a few weeks back where the roster came out and it was fun to go through the roster, see who was actually on the roster. And, um, and there's been some news come out since then. So I'm going to just kind of glaze through the roster here real, real quick and, and, and touch on a few things. Um, the first thing, we, we got a quarterback transfer out of West Virginia. He's originally from Collierville, Tennessee. Uh, his name is Trey Lowe. He is a uh, redshirt sophomore. So he, this is crazy. He has already, he's a graduate transfer and he has three years of eligibility left. So it that's took a me, smart dude. <laughs> it took me five years to graduate. So he could have graduated twice. <laughs> In the time that it took me to get through one diploma. Right. Well, and, uh, and, and you beat me. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's an athletic quarterback. I, I would, you know, he doesn't have a red shirt, obviously. So I'm sure he will probably see the field, at least situationally, at some this year. Uh, but he definitely is going to be in the mix there at quarterback uh, for the next few years, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Four-star guy, right? I mean, coming out of high school. I believe he was, yeah, coming out of high school. Two-star guy, too. He uh, Is he thinking about playing baseball here, too? I don't think so, but I'm not 100% on that. Okay. Anyway, glad to have him, for sure. Yeah, glad to have him. Um, this was a, a, a transfer we got a while back from Memphis. Josh Perry, 6'2", 200-pound uh, defensive back. I believe he's going to be in the mix at safety for us here. Uh, going down the list as well. Um, we're going to talk about this guy in a minute, but it's just good to see his name on here. Probably one of the – probably the star – as far as buzz goes from the scrimmage this past weekend, Frank Gore Jr., really good to to see him actually make it to campus. That's uh, that's definitely a storyline that uh, it's definitely going to be fun to not only see him play, but kind of have that storyline going as well. His dad, by the way, with the New York Jets now. So, How cool is that? That's wild. That's, and, you know, a couple of years ago we had Kevin Greenson, mm-hmm. uh, Gavin, and he was a linebacker coach with the Jets when Gavin was here playing. Yeah. So I guess it's just a, a pipeline. Um, yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, I, I was reading the notes too earlier and I want to say he had like 10 rushes for 67 yards or something like that. So I know it's just, you know, not hitting and probably all that, but still. It's a scrimmage. Um, you take it for yeah, what it I mean, is, but yeah. It's, it's a kid who's 18 years old and he's on campus in a new place and, Coming from that kind of pedigree, you're kind of I'm, I'm sure you have the the uh, the bullseye on your back there, right? And to kind of show out from the get go, that's that's a good sign. Um, also looking at the roster here with the weights uh, from East Central Community College, offensive lineman Takeem Doss, 6'5", 379 pounds. That's a big boy. That man. is a side of beef right there. Six um, foot eight? No, six five. Six five three seventy five. That's a large. Wow. Three seventy nine. That's a large human being. Does anybody need a hockey goalie? <laughs> we've got we've got several guys that uh, got some weight on them, which is good. Thing. And, and some on the defensive line here. I'm looking. Um, another surprise when we were looking at this a couple weeks back. Another surprise. Uh, Deontra Hyman. 
he was, if you remember, he was a commit a few years back, ended up going the JUCO route. Uh, he was a Danny Dozen guy. Uh, I don't know, I don't think things went as well at uh, Jones and East Mississippi Community College, but he is now here at Southern Miss. So, uh, you know, the talent was obviously there, so hopefully they can find a way to utilize it now that he's in the black and gold. Yeah, that, that's that's been the big thing. Talent has not been the issue in the last couple of years, in my opinion. So uh, putting putting all of it together uh, is um is, is kind of the deal, and and this is gonna be another piece of the puzzle for sure. There's a defensive lineman that we signed named Kristen Booth out of uh, Oxford High School in Oxford, Alabama, and he was a guy that we weren't sure if he was gonna make it or not, but he's here, and he is somebody who will probably be in the mix from day one. This is a guy that I'm not very familiar with, so I'm going to have to let you just fill me in on that. I think we're all going to be very familiar with him very soon. I mean, obviously, he needs to gain some experience, but he's somebody that, you know, I don't think we were – when signing day came around, I don't I don't think we knew if he was going to make it or not, but he did. Mm-hmm. So, But he, he is a steal. Yeah. That's what Sutter Miss has made their living on, right? Hear me um, now. Believe me later. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope we get to watch him play this year. I hope we get to watch him. Well, I hope, you know, and hopefully for you for the next few years mm-hmm. as well. He didn't transfer out his senior year because of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> just to bring yeah. it all full circle. Just, just, yeah, just let's. In, in, in the uh, in the comedy world, that's a uh, callback, right? That is a callback. Yes. See, uh, they stopped me some things. There's another player, uh, Tyrese Hopkins, out of uh, Starkville, Mississippi, a linebacker who uh, also was somebody that I don't I don't know if we were necessarily sure about, but he is here. And uh, on the roster, he's made it. Let's touch on the scrimmage real quick. We uh, The scrimmage, it's a scrimmage. It's the first scrimmage of the year. The first scrimmage with a new offense. It's really tough to really say how things went. The The defense had the better day, as they usually do in these scrimmages. Um, like we mentioned, Frank Gore Jr., 67 yards on six, according to the, the, the Southern Miss website, six carries. Uh, I heard it was, I don't know if it's six or ten, but 67 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, graduate transfer, tight end, Grayson Gunner, three passes for 32 yards, including a 24-yard reception across the middle from Abraham. Um, Abraham and Tate, I mean, very pedestrian numbers given the circumstances. Not Not horrible, it's just, you know, Abraham, eight for 13 for 58 yards, Tate, 6 for 12 for 32 yards. It doesn't sound like they were able to get um, – A lot of captain uh, check down going on. Right. And there's a lot of the – and two, you know, a lot of that stuff, it doesn't include – those numbers don't include like gold line and two-minute sure. two drills. Right. Mm-hmm. So who's to say? Um, then you have some some guys on defense. Uh, Zach Portlock had a uh, interception, tackle for loss, and a sack. Um Hayes Maples, uh, Dominique Quiwan, two sacks each. Um, Avery White, the linebacker from the coast, tackle for a loss in a sack. Uh, Natron Brooks, uh, who should factor into the secondary, had an interception as well as Kyle Hemby. So um, you, you can't really take a lot from this, but, you know, it, it's good to kind of see some of the names that are going to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to have – it's good to see something uh, that we can, you know – <laughs> develop content from uh, outside of you know us trying to be scientists we would if 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 this was just if this had just happened without everything else going on we would probably would be like look at these numbers uh you know if we'd had a spring if we'd <laughs> for had, sure but, you know it's like wow man we made know, it through a practice Woo. yeah 
<laughs> Briggs Bourgeois, three for three on his field goals. Uh, that's good. Well, 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 I mean, that's big because he was hurt last year. Correct. Uh, quad. Yeah, that's right. That's quad, right. A, a quad on your kicking leg if you're a kicker is bad. It's pretty bad. Sure. Pretty bad. Well, I think we've kind of uh, we have rambled over an hour, which is impressive. I, I knew yeah, we had to do that. Yeah, I don't have any notes really or anything, but it's been uh, a while. Uh, we hadn't talked about been a while. stuff, and who knows, man? I hope that uh, you know. I always hope when people listen to these things that they they kind of realize that, that we're just trying to um trying to give our opinion on stuff, but just trying to give people just something to listen to and 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 to put some Southern Miss content out there. By no means to. Uh, Anything that I say today fall under the category of me being an expert on any of it, but I'd like to think that I've struck a chord with some people. And at the end of the day, man, we just want everybody to be safe. We want everybody to be able to do what we always want to do, right? The thing we all love to do. The reason that you're tuning into the podcast is because it, that, that, that's that's the reason that we want you to be able to uh, to do it. So uh, you've said at the end of the day a lot. Where did you get that phrase from? At the end of the day. At the end of the day, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be from a but, certain head football coach at Southern Miss? I hope so. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, uh, before we go there, man, I, I wanted to give you uh, props too, man, for putting all – everybody who's listening right now, everything that you see put out onto the Top Talk social is, is – none of it is ever me. It's always Jamie, and he put – I don't know where you get these little factoids and, and pictures from, from training camps of NFL rosters and baseball stuff and all of that. I don't know how you dig this stuff up, but you do a fantastic job at it, and I don't think people probably ever tell you that. So I just wanted to let you know that um, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. You've gotten in some of the editing on, on some of these past episodes. It's kind of it's kind of uh, helped the ship uh, sail a little bit. But I'm glad you said that because it reminded me of something. Uh, we didn't touch on the NFL, but two quick things real quick on the NFL. Uh, Drake Dorback, who signed a free agent deal with the Browns uh, after the draft, he opted out of this season uh, due to COVID. And then Picasso Nelson Jr. was released by the Colts but immediately uh, picked up by the Miami Dolphins. So Picasso is with the Miami Dolphins now. Just wanted to uh, – I'm sure we'll dive more into the NFL as they're getting into these practices. There's not going to be any preseason games, so we won't have that to report on. But um, we have we have quite a few guys right now trying to make those rosters in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give a shout-out before I shut it down. Um I mentioned the guys from the Sports Objective earlier. Thank you for having me on. As well as At the Roost, uh, a few weeks back I was on At the Roost with Matthew and Carter. Had a great mm-hmm. time discussing uh, – I kind of threw them for a loop because they were asking me like um, – they had like a – About the lightning. season? Yeah, they were asking questions. Sure. They were like, who's going to be the, the leading touchdown? And I was like, nobody. And they were like, huh, who's going to be the leading rusher? And I, I nobody. And they were like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know if we're going to have a season. Yeah, no, I heard that. Yeah, you, but I'm glad I was – hopefully I was wrong. I'm glad that uh, – I'm, I'm, at the time, I didn't see how we are going to make it happen. So I'm glad that we've been able to to try to uh, make it happen. Sure. Um, but, dude, everybody stay safe. You know, Now that we're starting to get into this, you, you likely you will hear back from the two of us. Again, we appreciate you tuning in. You've got a lot more options now. you got the university doing their own interviews. So we appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to listen to us. Uh, follow us on social media on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Uh, to the top talk is on Instagram as well. Um, I have no comedy shows coming up, but our laughs for life, we have, we're not going to announce it for a while, but we will likely be back again this July. Mm-hmm. So excited about that. If you go on laughsforlife.com, they have some auction items 
if you'd like to uh, help contribute to the cause. They have some really neat things, a lot of things that I can't afford. So um, <laughs> if you want to go in there and bid on some of that stuff, be sure you ch- check it out. All right, Jason, do you have any final thoughts? Before we head out here. Uh, I wanted to give a couple quick shout outs. Uh, number one, Steve Farmer, uh, tailgates with us. He runs the uh, pages for um, the uh, North Shore, USM North Shore Eagles on Facebook and Twitter and possibly Instagram. I'm not part of that. But uh, you guys that are on the North Shore, go ahead and check those uh, pages out. He does a fantastic job with it. Very uh, proud supporter of the University of Southern Mississippi. And, and uh, go give that page some love. And also this week, our good friend Chad Dickens. The one of the fireball uh, turns 50 years old. So, Chad Dickens, I think that your birthday is Wednesday. Wednesday Today is yeah. Monday. Is uh, Monday? <laughs> That's the fireball. It's Monday. Monday. Mm. <laughs> um, I wish Mons would come back. Anyway, uh, he's, but yeah, he, he, he's the big five zero, I believe, on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah the big five zero on Wednesday. So, um, you guys go that, that follow Chad on Twitter. Uh, be sure to go ahead and give him a happy birthday on Wednesday. And um, that's about it, man. Thoughts, thoughts, prayers, positive vibes, peace, love, all to uh, both Corky Palmer and Ray Guy. Uh, Corky Palmer, the former uh, Southern Miss head baseball coach, he um, had a neck surgery the other day, ended up having a stroke during the procedure, is still in intensive care, so uh, he's been somewhat responsive, but I don't know that he's necessarily doing great. So please please keep Corky in mind, as well as Ray Guy, who's had a struggle with cancer. Um, as well, so hopefully these guys are able to to pull through. Both Southern Miss legends, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, really thinking about those two right now. Absolutely. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.